0: The Stage Door Show, celebrating the independent artist, with your host Dave Hondell
1: Shotguns and moonshine, you take your vows today. Those Appalachian girls.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Stage Door Show. Tonight, this is Dave Handel, and I I have with me a great uh, artist here. He is a country artist, but also infused a lot of rock music and alt-country, really. Uh, But I want to bring him in right now. Christian Montgomery out of Boston. How are you doing, Christian? I'm
2: doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I appreciate your time for coming on, and and uh, you know, I just want uh, our listeners to know more about you and and uh, what you're all about. And I know, being from Boston, uh, you know, I I, I uh, I've interviewed a Boston uh, country artist before, and just kind of talk about your, you know, uh, you know, your music and and just being from Boston, and and how does that uh, you know music uh, kind of take hold up, up there? And you know, being kind of a rock and roll city, how how do they take uh, hold of your music up there?
2: Um I would say that the rock scene has been a lot more receptive than the country scene. Um I was 102.5 or Country 1025's artist of the week and uh I've been on a couple of other smaller country shows, but the uh the longest running rock show in Boston, um formerly on WBCN, um, has picked up my music and been playing it regularly. Um, it's called Boston Emissions and they, uh, no, we've won song of the week a couple of times. Um, the other, uh, show that, um, the bigger rock show in Boston, Bay state rock, um, has really, you know, been super supportive. I mean, they've played almost every song off my last record at one point or another. And, um, they're always, uh, pushing playlists and links to our stuff. And, um, you know, so the, the rock scene has been very, very supportive. Um the uh the website uh newenglandcountrymusic.com um we had a a small disagreement i told them that they were now my carol baskins of the music scene um and so they they uh i think word spread that uh we had an argument and so you know kind of whittling my way into the country scene has has been tough up here but uh i mean new, new england's not particularly well known for the country scene. Um, so it's a very small group of, uh, of people, uh, very wealthy, you know, uh, folks who seem to have a lot of money for advertising and whatnot. And I don't fit in with them. So I would say that my style of, of, uh, alternative country has definitely gotten the ear of the rock and roll industry up here. Um, and I've got a lot of press and, and a lot of support, and it's been great. I hear the whispers over ice With all the
1: creatures of the night
2: I uh, I mean it just I think it just pays to to have a crossover sound. Um you know I I, I can't imagine myself ever like thinking you know, I'm just going to release a country record. Um I have way too many influences to 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 just, you know, do that. I mean, you got to throw a little bit of rock, a little um you know, this new record Prince of Poverty that we have um no, it's uh it's it's definitely a throwback. There's some old school rock. I mean, you'll hear Chuck Berry. You'll you'll hear a little a uh, um, little Elvis. I mean, and and there's you know it gets heavier too. I mean, you'll hear a little uh, um, you know steel steel uh, what was it uh, steel wings? Um, a couple of other uh, heavier bands. So. Um, Boston's a great place if uh, if you like rock and roll.
0: Yeah, let me talk about that a little bit, because when you mentioned uh, Prince of Poverty, I mean, the pandemic obviously has been going on for almost a year now, and and I understand that you wrote Prince of Poverty and another album of yours, The Gravel Church, during the pandemic so i usually ask people what did you do during the pandemic and it sounds like you were really busy so let's talk about those two albums you know let's start with the gravel church and some of those songs on that album and and does that uh theme of the gravel church differ at all from prince of poverty is there two different themes to those two albums or uh, are we looking at the at, at kind of the same same sound
2: yeah well the, there's definitely a big difference um The uh, prior to the pandemic, um, I spent six months in prison. Um, You know, my family says I was a political prisoner. Um, I I just uh, I made the mistake of telling a probate court judge what I thought of him um, after a uh, a hearing. And um, it landed me in jail, um, you know, with my refusal to apologize. It was now all all you know evolved around a divorce, and me wanting to be able to be a dad um, and Massachusetts is not always the best place for dads to uh to try to uh um, exercise their rights so uh, I wrote most of that album in prison um, and when I got out and jumped in the studio, that record was all about healing it was about. You know resolution it was all about um, you know uh trying to find a light in that darkness where I was and um after that record was released, and we've got you know it was pretty critically acclaimed um up here in New England um, you know we couldn't play out we you know there was nowhere to go and and I'm not one for streaming shows uh I don't play cover music, um, other people's music. I'm self-taught on guitar, um, so I wouldn't know how to play somebody else's songs. I I write my own, and I, um, you know, I there's a couple of songs of other people that I, you know, Johnny Cash and whatnot, you know, Glenn Campbell. I, I know a lot of their songs because it was so ingrained in my head as a child, but um, Prince of Poverty was, was completely about moving forward. It was about Moving on, I mean, I put the Gravel Church behind me and I said, this is this is my focus now. And um, I mean, I'd be hard pressed to even remember how to play some of the stuff on the Gravel Church because I just jumped right into writing new songs. And, um, you know, they, uh, they've kept me busy. Um, you know, we finally finished mixing everything and I'm seriously considering just jumping right back in the studio to do another one. Because um, it looks like we're not going to be able to play live music for you know at least another six months to a year, and uh it took me six months to finish the gravel church six months to finish Prince of Poverty, so I think I got another one in me, and uh we're just sending you know sending the music out to people and you know see if we can get some stuff published and licensed and um then we're we're getting a great response um from Nashville to Houston I mean we're you know we're getting, I got a review the other day in Ecuador of all places. That was really positive. Wow. So people, people are, people are noticing it. I mean, uh, just today I, I had a review in, uh, this magazine called middle eight. That's out of Manchester, England. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a really positive, uh, article. And, um, you know, so people are, are definitely digging the sound. It's, you know, it's being called new, um, it's it's definitely not your your happy poppy right-wing propaganda country music um it's more uh it's more thoughtful uh, i think it's a little bit more emotion provoking and um i think it hits people in the heart
0: yeah, I mean, you know, and and I've listened to your music. I love your music. I think it's I think it's great. And, and the sound is like you said, it's kind of an alt, you know, country uh, sound with a with a little rock infused. Which I think, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, having a crossover sound. I think first of all, and I talk about this a lot as well because I think if you're a crossover artist, you're not just country, you're not just rock. You're gonna you're gonna blend so many different bases of of audience you're not just cornering yourself into one particular genre of music. You're, you're, you're able to, I think, broaden your base of, of your listenership. And, you know, and the other thing I want to talk about, cause you, you and I talked about this before we went on the air, but, um, the song five horses, you had, you told me, you started telling me a story about that song and I thought it was, I wanted to save it for the show. So why don't you ta- talk about that, uh, song and, and when you wrote it and what it's about? Um, well, five
2: horses, uh, started um, as just a verse and a chorus that I had thrown on YouTube, and um, I try to record a lot of my stuff on YouTube because I'll forget it because uh, I I write songs fast, and uh, my friend Tim Coletti, who's a bass player, um, had agreed to work on this project with me. Um, his brother was uh, the famed drummer of a Boston-based band called The Neighborhoods, um, and uh, Tim and I just kind of sat with the song um i recorded uh you know i came up with a bridge and um i went into the studio threw it down with a acoustic guitar and a microphone and um and tim came up with this killer bass line um but you know he, he was telling me the story about how his wife was sitting at the kitchen table and said you know christian should write something about the environment you know so so you know he's he's so passionate about you know stuff that it would be a good you know a good uh song and tim said he just so happens to have this idea so uh we jumped in the the studio recorded it um added some um native american um uh rain dance uh song our war dance songs and uh we had found a recording from the 50s so a little bit more authentic uh cherokee dance uh, sorry Sioux dance um and uh now the song was all about uh, uh, this pandemic but it was written prior to it. Um no no you know I guess it was just written in foresight. Um but it's a warning. It was a song about you know we've lost our way, you know um we had places we used to roam to hunt the buffalo, uh, you no know, mountains we used to climb, you know, now just dirty skies and dirty sinks and um and the song was just about how if we didn't change our ways you know um, the world was just going to become a really nasty place there were five wild horses where you stand
1: nothing built by man there were places that we used to roam to hunt the buffalo Rivers, safe enough to drink. Now, just dirty sinks. We had mountains that we had to climb. Now, just broken skies. Will the world come? so we're stuck
2: here in our and the and then the plague happened and um that the song was pretty relevant and got picked up by uh you know a lot of the bloggers a lot of the radio stations and um you know, it's been a pretty successful you know tune i we mean, get a lot of streams on it and i think it it's pretty meaningful for people and uh um no i, I don't know I'm not going to call myself some kind of modern-day Nostradamus, but I do think there was maybe a little bit of divine intervention there. I mean, um, it, it was just kind of the right song for the right time, and um, the the guys just everybody who played on it played it so passionately, and you know we emailed each you know when you're in a when you're in a situation where you can't see each other anymore, um, and we were just remotely you know emailing each other back and forth and, and getting the creativity going. It kind of, it really helped kind of keep our spirits up, helped us, you know, feel alive. And like we were still doing something, um, you know, productive that we were helping in some way. And uh, It's just a really, yeah. really cool tune.
0: Man, it's like therapy. It really is. I think, you know, during the pandemic, I think, you know, creative people, uh, you know, need to create all the time, and when you have that time to to get together, especially if it's either through Zoom or or whatever format, and you can still create music, no matter what. I mean, I, there's nothing better, I think, to kind of get you through a time like that uh, than than to than to write music. But there's another song I want you to talk about, and we also talked about this before we went on the air. But American Fire, because I I also like uh, the promise behind this song which is also timely. (laughs) So uh, tell, tell us, tell listeners about that one as well.
2: Well, um, you know, my, my dad's family is all from Copenhagen, Denmark. And, um, you know, I have to field questions about what our country is doing all the time. Um, I met the president in New York city in the nineties, um, on the Howard Stern show. And I wasn't impressed by him at all. I thought he was just an idiot. Um, that typical trust fund baby, um, and uh, you know, growing up in a growing up as poor as I did, um was uh, you know, I I grew up poor but in a in a rich town, if that makes sense. Um and I, I mean I knew what these little you know trust fund babies were. I, I knew what they came from, I knew how, you know, regardless of how much talent I had, um, they had more resources and, and were gonna be able to get ahead unless I worked twice as hard. And uh, I just thought Trump was just I, just a failure of a human being, you, you know, back then. And uh, I was, uh, after he got elected and, um, you know, everything that was going on in Kentucky with Mitch McConnell running for office, uh, uh, with Amy McGrath, and I really liked Amy, you know, uh, American Fire was just, you know, was born. And, uh, I mean, the first line in the song is, the president's a fucking liar. And uh Moscow Mitch is the man to hire still <laughs> to the largest fire i mean you know the the that i mean it, it's kind of a, a cheeky rhyme, but I mean it just fits so perfectly and um uh, you know um uh, I'm watching you know the news and uh, you know I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess we'll all burn in this american fire um you know you know and even my my cousin Bianca in uh in Copenhagen, um, you know, he was, you know, he was sending me messages all the time saying, you know, your your country's on fire, you know, literally, like in California, like what's going on? And uh, so that that song was born out of that. It was just, you know, political frustration, and uh, and I just wanted to go right at the jugular of the president and um, and at, at you know the Republican administration in general. It's just um, our country's become so corrupt. Um, and, uh, I mean, especially, you know, going to prison for what I went to prison for, um, you know, just trying to be a dad just goes to show you, I mean, it's just a super corrupt place. We got to fix it.
0: Yeah. I mean, talk about, you know, just talking to you on this, on the show and before the show, uh, you know, it's definitely, you, you don't waver from your, Beliefs on anything, which I think is more people need to be like that. And I think there's a I think when we live in a social media world, uh, Instagram world, where you'll see somebody smile for a picture, and then when they're done taking the picture, they go back to being miserable human beings again, uh, which I think happens way too too much nowadays. But talk about being an indie artist and 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 not wavering from. Your beliefs on different things, because I think uh, you know, being a performer, you know, being yourself. I think there's not enough people out there being themselves, and I think you're going to attract a certain uh, element of of audience base. I think if you're you're yourself, and you're you're going to, I think, attract more of a real uh, a real audience that's going to stick with you for years and years and years, um, as opposed to just oh, he's cool now, but you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm done with him. Let's go on to the next big thing, which I think in America, I think we're we're that kind of society where overseas, you know, they they kind of stick with somebody no matter what. If they like your music, they're gonna they're gonna like you, and they, if they like your uh, approach to to life and and your approach to your music, you know, they like you even more. I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Oh, uh, it's it's funny. I, I I have a new song that's um, not on this record, the new one, but it will be on future ones. Um, it's up on youtube called the long gone blues um and uh there's a line in it um the grass is always greener where the dogs have been set loose and that's a really good description of america um about you know especially the american music scene it's uh it's uh, it reminds me a lot of the hunger games it's very manufactured it's very uh it's very controlled and um you know, my, my cousin, Sarah in Copenhagen, you know, pulled me aside and said one of the most beautiful things to me. She said, Christian, it, it, it seems like no matter what, you always follow your heart, no matter what it is, even, you know, you, you could go make a million dollars or you could follow your heart. You could, you could settle for comfortable or you could follow your heart. Um, and, uh, I think that as an indie artist um I mean if you look at my my uh social media um, you'll usually find me either 100 miles out to sea um on the boat you know um my my wife and I you know fish for a living sometimes uh um when the day job is not as busy as it should be um I work in construction um but we have a boat we go out lobstering, we go out tuna fishing, um, and I have always followed my heart uh, to whatever crazy adventure it takes me on. Um, and, uh, you know, I I've, uh, I've remember going to uh, Managua, Nicaragua, back in the early 2000s, and uh, they had just, uh, you know, finished up their last revolution, and uh, I've got pictures on my website of me sitting in downtown Managua with two AK 47s and a bottle of tequila in front of me. And, uh, it was that day, uh, my bass player in my solo band at the time, uh, that's where he was originally from, um, said you make Hemingway look like a Cub Scout. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, that guy was pretty lucky. He came from a very wealthy family and he could afford to go all these places and stuff where I did it on a laborer's budget. And, um, you know, frankly, I can't tell you how many times I've I've been driving across the United States and my truck's broken down, and I've said, well, I guess I have to find a job so I can afford to get it fixed to keep moving and, you know, end up staying somewhere for two months, three months. Um, you know, uh, there's, living in Boston, it's a college town, and uh, I, I try not to have a chip on my shoulder. I try not to... Say to myself, you know, these guys, you know, parents buy them guitars and these, they come to, they come to Boston as, uh, as tourists and they start bands and, and, they, you know, they have a lot, you know, they have backing and everything, uh, you know, and I've been living in my songs for the past 40 years, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think my songs are lived in and I think my experiences are pretty real and I think I have a cool way of telling people about them. And I, that's what I look for in an independent artist. I want to hear the stories that you've lived in. I want to hear the songs that you've slept in. I, I, that's, that's what really gets me off. I mean, I, you know, my biggest influences are, you know, the Chris Whitley's and, um, Peter Gabriel and all these prolific songwriters who um, you know when they're singing the songs for the you know 5,000th time you know they haven't gotten sick of telling their story um, you know it's theirs and so I think that's what creates that longevity in a career is when when they're really your stories they stick and and you don't get sick of playing it you don't get sick of telling it. You know, the little pop cliches, those are, you know, those songs, uh, those are the ones that kill me. Uh, yeah. I, have a good story I have a good story about that, too. Uh, do you remember the band Dada? Dada. Dada, yeah. I'm going to Disneyland. Remember Oh, that? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I opened up for them, and my guitar player, Charlie, who is now a uh, chemist, um, uh, scientist. Wow. He, uh, he played on Prince of Poverty. He's one of the most talented guitar players I've ever met. Um, That's he sits awesome. down with a piece of, he sits down with a piece of music and writes an orchestra. Like he's just parts, parts, parts. He hears different melodies. Um, but, uh, he's also a very physically fit young man. And when we were kids, he kind of looked like Bruce Lee a little bit. And, uh, we played with them. I mean, I was a teenager, and uh charlie went up to the singer and told him if you play that disneyland song tonight i'm gonna kick your ass after the show and then he proceeded to stand <laughs> in front of the guy for the entire show and they ended up playing it it was the last song that they played and then the guy ran off stage but it was it was it was funny to see you know we're you know we're in downtown boston and watching this guy run to his tour bus and um, yeah you know, Charlie was scared
0: of so you used to play a lot uh back in the nineties what uh you know were you a solo artist back then or were you with a band?
2: um I played in tons of bands um, I, uh, and one of my oldest stories, my high school girlfriend when I was sixteen I went to the prom with her was the drummer of aerosmith 's daughter and uh i, I don't, you know for me, it was a really good experience to see how normal. They were, like, I mean, he did not let me out of his sight. Um, doors were never allowed to be closed. Um, <laughs> to, you know, he was he was a very protective dad. And, his, I mean, his daughter was, you know, she was a wonderful, wonderful girl. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, I think, I think I'm still friends with her on Facebook. Um, but, you know, I got to see that scene back then and uh i I was playing for you know in high school i was selling out shows and um it was uh it was just a really really cool experience i you know played in this band bone dry system i played in a band uh called hybrid minds with uh the bass player from this band letters to cleo um played with uh a couple of other uh you know pretty well-known musicians and um I uh I had a, a lot of success and then I stepped away from music for a long time. Uh one of the bigger magazines in town, Metronome magazine in Boston, uh I did an interview with them and they were saying, Chris, you just kinda disappeared. You got nominated for the Boston Music Awards and, and then you were gone. Like nobody saw you and you know. I uh you know, I got married to the wrong girl and, and uh set me back, you know, many, many years. But uh um yeah you no. you tend to find yourself and, and I did and I'm kind of back on track.
0: That's good you know I'd like to hear stories like that I think like I said you know I just talking to you again beforehand and, and now we just met tonight but you know we have kind of similar paths, I guess. And, uh, so it's a refreshing to hear somebody else has the same kind of path, uh, you know, me getting back into, uh, you know, music, doing pot, uh, uh music video, uh, directing for several years. And it, it took several years off and kind of found myself again. So it's really nice to, to hear that I'm not the only one out there. So, uh, <laughs> um, Really nice, but you know, again, just just being an indie artist, I I, just, I have to ask this question because uh, you know, if somebody, let's say, a big record label came to you and said, you know, Christian, we have we want to offer you all this money, and you know, but we're going to control your music, we're going to control what you sing, we're going to control everything about it, but here's a boatload of money, you know, what do you say to that as an indie artist? Because obviously your words mean a lot in your music, but if, if that was going to change, but you get the, the, the offer, what, what would you do if if that ever came your way?
2: I I think I would be pretty honest with them and say that I would have just as, you know, ability wise, um, my own musical ability. I think I would have a very difficult time changing or conforming. Um, i i i honestly i don't think i have the talent in you know that kind of talent to do it the songs that i write happen because they're very personal they happen because um because i'm not trying to to you know write a specific song um they just kind of come Um, i don't think i've ever sat down and said i'm going to write a song tonight about this um Usually what happens is, is I'm just fiddling around with the guitar and, and a line pops into my head. Um, you know, uh, that, that song I mentioned earlier, the, the Long Gone Blues, um, you know, um, you know one, of the, one of the lines in it, I mean, it's a song about a, a girl who leaves a guy for a rich man and, and then the guy pulls up his bootstraps and, and you know, makes a, a music career. And, you know, one of the lines in it, um, is, uh, I saw her in the first row of my show with a brand new set of tits and a face stretched to Ohio.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's a great line. I love that line. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just the, the, these
2: are the, there's just these things that kind of pop into my head, you know, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the next line is, uh, now that she's got everything, I guess she wants me to, it's like, uh, it's kind of a that's the same song where it's you know the grass is always green and where the dogs have been set loose. Um right, right. You know, I I mean I I want a to tour so desperately I I mean um I I have a a couple of health issues. I'm a type 1 diabetic. Um and working in construction um especially going out to sea, you know, uh is uh, scary sometimes, you know. I have to make sure I have my insulin and I have to make sure that I'm keeping my blood sugars right. And, um, it would be so much easier to do that if, um, if I wasn't doing extreme manual labor all the time. And, um, yeah, right. you know, I, I, my wife and I talk and she jokes, she goes, you're like the only rock guy I know that could prolong his life by yeah. going on tour. <laughs> That's true. It's, uh, you know this it's this is something uh you know it's my passion it's uh it's something i think i was made to do um you know i get frustrated i see a lot of artists out there that i just don't think belong there um that i you know yeah. just for whatever reason that chip on my shoulder is there and i say gosh like they've they've got everything they've got the look they've got the website they've they've got the they've got the the plan they just don't have the musical ability that you know, goes along with it, but they're they're getting to do it anyway because they've got some money behind it and uh but uh you know if, if a record label came along and said, Chris we we want you to make records um and and tour and that's it. I would say I'm I'm on it. Like I uh you know I I kinda see what happened in the late nineties and stuff with different bands um you know Bands would put out a record every other year and it was awesome. And there was so much music and so much creativity. And then slowly but surely that stopped happening. Like artists weren't putting out records anymore. They were putting out singles. And then, um, you know, some of the dinosaurs like like Pearl Jam, they're, you know, they'll release a record and it'll be very nostalgic. And, and people will go, that's a great album. It reminds me of being 16 again. Um not necessarily any, like, real forward, you know, uh, thinking stuff. Like, I'm one of those people who believes you should revel in your age because whatever age you are, if you're pretending you're a different age, you're never going to enjoy the moment. So, um, you know, I I think that, you know, I would love to just record, you know, an album a year and go on tour, you know. Um, It doesn't take me long to to write an album. Um, And for me you know talking to my producer and my my friends who I've played on the who have played on these records albums are great representations of a space of time not a moment in time like a single but like if you listen to Prince of Poverty you can almost kind of see like my January and my and my December it's uh it's um it's a a block of time that all of these events happened in and you know, hopefully people will relate to them and say, I've, I've had a year like that, you know, uh, um, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, rock stardom could be, uh, could be a hell of a lot better than, you know, I'm living in a cabin right now with my wife where we rent and, uh, you know, it gets pretty cold up here in new England. And, uh, um, you know, we, we lost everything when I uh, went to prison. So we're rebuilding and, um, know, trying to make a life and and uh, it's really expensive to live up here so mean yeah, I wouldn't mind moving somewhere where my kind of music was a little bit more accepted you know um I've had offers to Florida Nashville Texas um Georgia um so we'll see what happens uh, after this next record comes out
0: well, I have no doubt that, that it's going to happen and it's going to happen quickly because your music is really good and and uh you know, I really enjoyed it and 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 I'm going to enjoy listening to it more and more. So, um you know, let's tell everybody uh, how they can find you uh on the internet and how social media, how they can get a hold of you. Uh we're everywhere.
2: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. Um, our website is kmwkb.com, dot com. Really simple. Um, you know, we've uh, we just recently got you know hoodies and t shirts and guitar picks and all sorts of other cool stuff up on uh, the Facebook store or the the internet store. Um, and uh, I mean, you can you can pretty much uh, you know catch me uh, at any given time of day posting a new youtube video of uh of a new song idea or, or or a finished song for that matter um you know and i do a little bit of question and answer streaming and uh um here and there you know i do a lot of uh um a lot of uh videos from the boat with me and my wife out in you know the middle of the uh cape cod bay in december flounder fishing um and uh So, I mean, we're, we're pretty much all over. Uh, if you Google, you know, Christian Montgomery and the winter kill bands, you will find, uh, you know, tons of press. Um, I don't think I've seen another band that got as much press as us this past year. Um, you know, it was, uh, we were really lucky. Uh, people were interested and reached out and, and, uh, So from just little Q and A's to, um, to long drawn out articles, it's, it's been great. Um, it seems like folks are genuinely interested in the message. So I'm psyched.
0: Yeah, man. Well, Christian, I I can't thank you enough for being on the show. And like I said, your, your, your music is, is uh, great, it's a great indie sound and I love it. It's very unique. And, uh, like I said, I can't wait to see where it goes. And, you know keep doing your thing because uh, whatever we can do on our show to push your music and and your art you know we'll we'll definitely do whatever we can on our on our end as well so thank you so much again for being on my show.
2: Well thanks for having me on I really appreciate uh, the support it means a lot and I hope people will take a listen. You
1: got no use for your testimony you can keep your summons to yourself. For signs, snakes, and prophets Anticipate my soul burning in hell If I stumble Please forgive me